Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts Paul Ducklin. Who's trying not to laugh. Can't say Captain why. Miserable. Mark you, Stockley. Hi. You were looking hi. a bit miserable a few minutes ago and then what the what listeners now can't hear is I did a quick rendition of Oh Win the Saints on the kazoo, on an imaginary kazoo, which cheered you up. It did. And the reason I was miserable is because we were talking about Flash, which we'll get to later. Oh, dear. Yeah, so we're, we're going to end with that, aren't we? Just because that's where it end belongs. Really. <laughs> Excellent. Anna, back to you. Sorry, jumped in there a bit. That's all right. What have you been up to this week? Who's oh. going first? Mark. Oh, I'm the proud owner of a float valve, which I am going to be putting to good use in my chicken's water feeder. Ah. Ooh. Last time you talked about that, you were giving the impression that there might be an Arduino in there. There's no Arduino. We're purely mechanics at the moment. Was that more or less fulfilling than PHP programming? Way more. Really? But on that note, I have also been playing with my YubiKey. I've actually been writing code. In uh, PHP? Uh, no, in JavaScript. So the question now is, like, you know, how then do we connect the YubiKey to the float valve so that the chickens can authenticate themselves to the water? <laughs> can you do, like, claw... Fingerprints when they do fingerprint calls. Maybe you could do voice recognition. Yes. Like a pop 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 against bark, 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 bark. <laughs> Or facial recognition. There's so many options, Mark. I, I like the way this is going. Facial recognition. It's bound to work. The only problem with face recognition is I can't tell my chickens apart. Well, exactly. Yeah, AI will be able to. All the more reason to do some chicken training. TensorFlow, golden. I look forward to it. And the reason I'm looking forward to that so much is I know that I'm coming next. I was going to say, question. beat that, Doug. Well, I can't. I haven't got any chickens, mainly because I live in a flat. But I did get a replacement Android research phone for myself, a nice budget Nokia-branded phone, believe it or not. And it turns out that it's one of those models that supports Android Go. And I got it because I want to look at what happens when you use a, a more generic image where the image can be updated for lots of phones at once. What's Android Go? Is that anything to do with Go, the programming language? No, it's basically Go easy on the memory. It's a sort of stripped-down, standardised version of Android that insulates the vendor from the needing to produce their own ports of security patches every time. So this this is Google's way of unwinding the giant update mess that they created for Android. I think they got tired of unpicking it, so they just cut through it. And I actually have a Lineage OS version built for Android Go. It's supposed to support a whole range of devices, and I just bunged it on mine and it worked. So that's a good sign. Should we turn on attention? Yeah, maybe we should turn our attention to cybersecurity. Yep. We wrote about a massive botnet affecting WordPress sites this week. Intackers infected 20,000 sites by brute-forcing admin usernames and passwords. Then what happened? It's basically a worm. It, each an infected site then goes out looking for the next site, and if it gets into that site, it goes on and on and on. Yep. And the really, really, really annoying thing about it is that they are relying on a what you might call, as I understand it, a misfeature in WordPress uh, that was fixed through some kind of rate limiting several years ago. And they're using a dictionary attack. Now, the the people who reported on this haven't published the word list. But basically, it seems that many of these sites are falling because their password is either the first word of the domain. So like example, if your domain is example.org, your username or your username with any of one, one, two, three, 
2016, 2017, or 2018 added. And that seems to be enough for 20,000 WordPress instances to have fallen victim to this already. So it seems it's like one of those problems, sadly, that kind of has to get worse before it gets better. Um, but really, if you've got a password that's your username with the current year added on the end, you're kind of not really taking security seriously. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about this is it, because the WordPress install base is so huge, you know, it's tens or hundreds of millions of websites, that you can have a fairly crude attack that's got quite a small password list and it, it can fail most of the time um, and it, it only has to have a fairly small success rate and you can harvest tens of thousands of websites. So this is really easy to fix. Pick a proper password and for goodness sake, consider two-factor authentication. <laughs> there have been WordPress security updates in the last three years. A good idea to apply them as soon as you can because you're obviously way out of date. So these things are not just worms that are trying to attack the next guy. They're also calling home for instructions on whom to attack next and possibly, optionally, instructions on automatic updating, which the crooks love because it means that it makes it much harder to predict what today's attack is going to lead to tomorrow if you don't deal with it now. You were talking about WordPress updates. There was an update uh, not too long ago, WordPress 4.4, which put an end to something called uh, password uh, multi-calls which is functionality that this botnet knows how to use. Right. So this, yeah. the botnet is using something called XMLRPC, which is uh, an API for WordPress. So it's a way for other computers, typically apps like a WordPress phone app, to talk to your WordPress installation. And so it's doing its, doing its password attempts using XMLRPC. Uh, and what you can do with XMLRPC is you can put lots of different usernames and passwords in, send the request, WordPress will try all of those usernames and passwords and then send you back a list of the ones that passed and failed. Where it would have done that up to version 4.4. From version 4.4 onwards, if one of them fails, the whole lot fails. And I assume in this case, it's not going to be 20,000 separate servers, is it? It's probably going to be a whole load of virtual instances hosted perhaps on the same system or set of systems. Yeah, if I, if I recall correctly that most of the compromises have happened on a small number of fairly large hosting companies. Yeah. And you would imagine that they're doing a lot of name-based virtual hosting where you've got lots of websites on the same server. So if one of them's buggy, they're all buggy. Typically, yeah. Well, it depends on how, it's, how much maintenance the website owner is left to do and how much is managed by the hosting company. Because right. you, can, you can buy hosting packages that are just, here's your web space, do what you like. Or you can buy hosting packages that, you know, here's a copy of WordPress, don't worry, we'll look after it for you. But the, I guess the, the really important thing to bear in mind is that someone has to look after it and that the difference yes. between 4.3 and 4.4 and, and how easy this attack is on 4.3 versus 4.4 is a great demonstration of why staying on top of those updates is really important. So if you haven't been getting your automatic updates, you've definitely got this XMLRPC <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of the problems, yeah. limiting bug and loads of others that are probably actually worse. Yeah, well, and it could it could get a lot worse as well because, as you said, you know, the twenty thousand compromised WordPress sites out there, they're under um, command and control. So the details are, are, are quite interesting in themselves. So there's four command and control servers, and they're talking to twenty thousand WordPress sites through fourteen thousand proxy servers. Just to make it more complicated just than to, it needs to be. Well, just to just to make it very difficult to see where those calls yeah. are coming from. 
um, and those command and control servers could update those compromised WordPress sites to do something different. Yeah. Um, Any time that people in charge of them want to. So uh, don't delay, patch it today. Yep, and then make sure all your passwords are really strong. And there's there's really no excuse on WordPress. WordPress uses something called ZXCVBN, which is a password strength meter, and it's one of the only password strength meters that's actually worth the name. And here's a hint. Your username with 0, 1, 2, 3, or 4 digits after it doesn't count as a password. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> We should probably let Anna move us on. I was going to do before you move us on. There's one other thing I wanted to say, which is you can actually disable XML on PC. So you know, do set strong passwords, do use rate limiting, do use two-factor authentication. Yeah. But if you don't need XML on PC on your website, and an awful lot of people don't, you can switch it off. And if you don't know whether you need it or not, you yeah. don't need it. Exactly. On to the next subject. Uh, Sophos Labs published some research this week on uh, on a click fraud campaign. Um, what was that about? The key thing about that is not that it was click fraud, which you normally imagine happening in a browser on your laptop. It was Android app-based click fraud. And worse, the apps that were doing the fraudulent stuff were in Google Play for quite a long time before Google got rid of them. So Google Play is better than a free-for-all, but it's not the perfectly safe environment that you might have expected. But even when you stop the app, what it would leave behind is a background window that it would call home, download a list of ad networks to visit, and then would fraudulently represent itself to the ad network, possibly as a completely different device. So you might get an Android claiming to be an iPhone, and uh, also pretending to be a different app, which obviously creates the impression to the ad network that it's not one app on one type of device producing a disproportionately large number of requests, which would look fraudulent. And there's also suspicion that if you pretend to be an iPhone, probably getting slightly more revenue because those ads attract a little bit more money. Well, this is, I think this is just the latest chapter in a much longer story. So this is, there were 22 apps and they were found by Sophos Labs. Sophos Labs has told Google about them. Google have now removed them. Mm. But we've seen this before. Sophos Labs have seen this before. We've had uh, similar uh, takedowns earlier this year. And the methods are very similar as well. And it seems to be a bit of a blind spot for Android. So there's a, a, a feature within Android that allows you to open a browser window from within an app. It's called WebView. And it's, a, it's like a featureless browser window. And WebView yeah. seems to crop up an awful lot mm. in the malware that gets onto Google Play. So the challenge for the, uh, for the crooks is, how do I get malicious code past Google? And it looks like the easiest way to do it generally is not to have it in the app at all. And one of the easiest ways to not have it in the app is to leverage things that you can download from the web. You can download things into WebView panes and the WebView pane can be... uh, One pixel by one pixel. Yeah, or, you know, it's essentially invisible. So it's doing something and you can't see it. And you know what's worse is that, of course, that you imagine, well, why why would AK Blackjack or Sparkle Flashlight, why on earth would that need to use WebView? Surely that should be suspicious. And any security software that sees a flashlight or a torch app that just turns the light on, if it sees it doing WebView stuff, surely that's suspicious. And sadly, it's not an an exception for an app like a torch or flashlight app to have WebView in it because, you know, somebody might press the help button. And what better way to display help than to use a little web window? So even Google Play isn't quite enough to protect you. I guess I'm I'm heading towards an advert for... uh, 
Sophos Mobile Security, free for Android and iOS. Go to sophos.com slash free tools and find it there. And also, go to Naked Security. Yes. Look for the... .sophos.com. Look for the article about this podcast. And for a link through to the article about this malware, check the list of app names. And if you've got one of them, uninstall it. Yes. This is, this is just the dark side of filling up your phone with a load of old crap. Well, you can, but you can yeah. see why people go, it's on Google Play, so it yeah. should be all right. Because you know, Google make a big play <laughs> out of saying that Google Play is, is you know, better than average. And I guess it is safer than just some random market. But it's not perfect. So watch yourselves. Right. What next, Anna? Oh, no! No, it's Flash, isn't it? It's Flash. It's Flash. Adobe... Captain Miserable's back, folks. This Thanks. is why I'm glad we did the other two first. So Adobe issued an out-of-bound patch for Flash this week. Is anyone even still using it, Mark? Sadly, yeah, they are. Unbelievably. I guess the thing is, we're at the point with Flash now, which if the first 475,354 zero days didn't convince you that you know, Flash is done. Maybe it's this one. This one isn't going to be the one, is it? This is not, <laughs> you know, at this point, it's not them, it's you. I think you're right. They're, they're, some people just stick with it because they've got one or two websites that they think work better with it. Websites aren't planning to change anytime soon. Because my understanding, the, the particular attack that led to this zero day being discovered relied on Flash ActiveX objects activating inside Word doc files was a job application questionnaire, apparently, that was circulated. So it seems a bit believable. It's like a history of cybersecurity in one attack, isn't it? Yeah. It's an email. Yes. With a Word document. That has to do with jobs. That's been archived in a RAR. And if you open it, there's Flash in it. (laughs) And that's going to do for you. And my understanding is that in in Office 365 and recent versions of Office, you actually have to jump through hoops to turn on things like Flash and Silverlight, you know, embedded ActiveX content. And remember in the old days with Microsoft, they wanted all this active content to work. And if you were, if you were really technically savvy, you could jump in and hack the registry to turn these features off. And as far as I know now, you have to jump in and hack the registry to turn Flash on inside Word. So you should be safe. However, if you've got Flash installed at all, then you are at risk of this because the bug's kind of lying there waiting to happen. And of course, there may be people who have Flash kind of without thinking about it because they go and look and they haven't installed it. But if you've got the Microsoft Edge browser or Chrome or Chromium from Google, then they come with Flash packaged in by default. And you can't still. You can't download a Chrome or a Chromium that has Flash missing. Can we just rewind a second? Because you said something really important. The specifics of this attack, so this was discovered by, uh, I hope I get the name right, a company called Kihu360. They spotted the attack uh, was being conducted against a healthcare clinic, and they spotted this particular use of this Flash vulnerability inside a Word document, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's how you will be made a victim of this if it happens to you. So there's a vulnerability in Flash, and this is just one way in which yeah, it's right. being exploited. This could be delivered, I presume, via a vehicle like a different sort of email, a different sort of container document, a booby-trapped website. Yeah. So the fact that you're the fact that you don't use Word or that you don't you have Flash suppressed inside Word doesn't mean that you don't need to think about this. And maybe you can just go through if you've got Chrome or Chromium. 
So you go settings, advanced, privacy and security, I'll get there, content settings, dot, 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 and then flash. If you have Microsoft Edge on Windows, go in Edge, click on the three dots, and then it's settings, advanced, use Adobe Flash, and you can have it on or you can have it off completely. I recommend just turning it off completely. And I think a lot of people reach the incorrect conclusion. They visit a website and it asks them if they want, the browser asks if they want to turn on Flash, and they assume that that means that that website cannot work without it. Mm. And often that's not the case. And if you want living proof that most websites work fine without Flash, neither Android nor iOS have supported it. And I've never heard of people saying, oh, my mobile can't view videos on this site or that site. Yeah, last time I checked, iPhones were quite popular. Yeah. iPhone users have never had Flash. The irony is that Adobe seem desperate to kill Flash. And somehow even they can't get rid of it. So So I think it's the end of 2020, isn't it? So Adobe, they announced this a long way off that they're binning Flash at the end of 2020. Even Adobe think the days are numbered on this. Now, we get to see this on the outside. They get to see it on the yeah. inside. And so they've you, looked at their code and they've gone, we're going to kill that. Yeah, That's going to go. This It's irredeemable. The web has moved on. Adobe knows that. Why don't you know that? Uninstall Flash. I was just looking in the comments. Anonymous says, I feel like you could just run this article every day and just change the date. Right, that's about all from us this week. Thanks to Duck. It's been a pleasure. And Look Mark. forward to next week. What was my name again? Captain Captain Miserable. Captain Miserable. You've cheered up. Now we've now we've talked about over putting the, the boot flash. into flash. Goodbye yeah. from Captain Miserable and Duck. And thanks to you all for listening. Please rate and review our podcast. Tweet us at Naked Security or you can email us at tips at sophos.com. And of course we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And until next time. Stay, stay secure. secure.